0: Welcome back to Senior Living Arizona, devoted to educating and enlightening the senior community and their families within our beautiful state and beyond regarding retirement housing and getting the most out of aging. On behalf of Senior Living Services in Arizona, I'd like to introduce today's host, Linda Demita. Howdy, folks. What a great conversation we have lined up for you on today's episode of Senior Living Arizona. I'm sitting with Julie Robbins. Who is a very special person to many people since she has been devoted to the residents of Sedona winds for the past 21 years and has actually worked for the previous company that owned that same property all in Julie has over 30 years experience in the industry of retirement living and she has done it all from dining room management to van driver to caregiver and activities director She's even been able to step into the directorship when the director had to deal with back surgery. That's how much this gal knows about this business and I've personally witnessed her in action during our time working together at Sedona Winds in Arizona. My father was a resident at Sedona Winds from 2015 to 2019 and was a very very happy camper there and a year after my father's passing I was blessed to land the position as the marketing consultant for Sedona winds and through that experience I became very aware of what goes on behind the scenes to keep a property running efficiently safely and with deep regard for its population. Now as an adult child of a resident I had no clue what the staff faced on a daily basis and how much care they really have for the residents. So i feel very confident in stating that julie is truly an angel on earth with what she does for the residents and she has a level of experience unlike any other person i've met julie has literally worked with thousands of residents over her career and it is apparent that it's more than a job or career for her it's a calling welcome to our podcast julie thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to be our guest today. We really appreciate it. So first of all, tell us a little bit about how you ended up in senior living and tell us about the various
1: roles that you've played. I started when I was 18 years old, I went to work in a nursing home. I started as a caregiver, then became um, a medical records clerk. And then when I left, I had been there for six years. I left as the office manager. Wow. Um, I did that while I was going to college to be a zoologist. Needless to say, I never finished that. Um, This is
0: a whole different kind of
1: animal. Yep. (laughs) After I worked there, I went to another- I went to an assisted living when they first started opening up and started as a caregiver and I was asked to be the activity director. They. Paid for me to go to school in Utah. You have to have a certificate. No. So they paid for me to go to school. It was a three-week course on twelve-hour day, two days a week. Um, I did that and went to work there until we moved here in ninety in nineteen ninety to Sedona to Sedona. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you started at a very young age. So this has been a lifelong thing mm-hmm. for you. Wow. So what would you say has been the biggest contributing factor to your lengthy career in this
1: industry? The residents. What about the residents? Learning about their lives, um, getting to know them, their quirks and all of that. We had a resident here who hardly talked to anybody. And we, we used to have a committee that did music programs and memorial services and special services because we had a resident that was a pastor, and he, that was his passion to continue on. So they started a committee, and one Veterans Day, we had the committee ask this one gentleman who never talked to anybody. He answered with yes, no, all of that. She asked him if he would talk about his veterans' His experience in the he was in the Air Force and all the other residents kept saying to her he's, he's going to get up there and he's not going to say a word and her name was Wilma and Wilma said yeah you will huh. and he, he got up and he told this remarkable story about how he um, flew airplanes he wasn't really in the war per se, but he flew the airplanes that dropped the supplies to, to our soldiers mm, wow. and how wonderful that made him feel. And all the other residents in the room are like, wow, he talks <laughs> because he wouldn't say a word to anybody unless you first engaged him other than saying hello.
0: So it's it's experiences like that, Mm -hmm. that really kept you and drew you Mm into this culture of the elder community. That's a, I know you have probably a thousand stories. I've heard a few of them. They're really good. Um, they're things that you would not expect. You would not know happen for this age group, you know, right. Um, it's a very special position that you hold. So now that you're, you're an activities director, how long have you been in that role? 20 years 20 years so what activities that you provide would you say make the greatest impact on the residents
1: lives the fitness classes including yoga even swimming Um, the trivia trivia stuff Um, entertainment because music is very important Um, and also spiritual Involvement.
0: So, how how does that get incorporated in terms of the of spirituality for like the residents here at
1: Sonoma Winds? We we have we have Bible study groups. Um, we used to have a church group. We have a couple of the churches around who do carpooling, and we have one that has a bus. So they come pick that up the comes residence? and picks up the residents and takes them to church. That's nice. At one time, we also even had a church service here for our residents.
0: So the so Sedona Winds is not a faith-based community, but there's opportunities for people to exercise their spirituality and it's supported.
1: Yes, that's- very much so. And we also bring in occasionally like the rabbi from the Jewish community mm-hmm. um, to tell us some of their holidays and, and to do a program where even a resident that's not Jewish can go and learn about the jewish faith. religion and faith
0: yeah that's cool that's very cool so <clears throat> so those are those are important they're important why would you say that they're important for the residents what is what is the effect that you see of these various activities that you arrange and and supervise and facilitate for them what's the the greatest impact like how do you see it affect
1: them it affects the fitness classes and that affect them where it gives them the ability to move around more than normal. Um, that music and that gives them joy in their life. I mean, I can't tell you how many residents sing along with every entertainer I have. Yeah,
0: I remember that with my dad. I have, I have, I was just mentioning that to somebody. I have a wonderful video of Christmas time when I came to hang out with daddy and he said, He's, he was ha- they were having a musical and you had a big band here doing Christmas carols and I was singing Christmas carols with my dad and everybody else and for me personally even as an adult child of a resident it brought me so much joy knowing that wow my dad gets to hang out and do this mm-hmm. you know like I want this when I get older right. so I, I know the impact of music for sure but but my goal today is to know more from your perspective because you you've seen it for thirty years, right, you know, so it's it's really important to the tr- get the feedback. trivia,
1: yeah, um, it's amazing what they remember, um we've had residents here with the start of Alzheimer's or even into a lot of dementia right that that we feel can still stay here because they're safe, they're not wandering, and all of that, and um the things that they remember, even even with Alzheimer's, is remarkable, un- remarkable, <laughs> yeah. amazing. I mean, we had one lady here who could answer any trivia question you gave her within seconds. Yet one day we, ha- we have a holiday party for our residents. And what it is, is all of the residents eat in the dining room, the staff take their order, and then we sit down and eat with them. And the executive director and I were going through the list, making sure everybody got down here. And we noticed one person hadn't. So I called her on the phone and I said, hey, you're, you're not here. Do I need to come and get you? And she said, yeah, I can't remember how to get to the dining room. Oh. I said, okay, so I'll, I'll come and get you. So I went and got her and brought her to the dining room and all of that. Um, never knowing that she didn't know how to do that because she usually would come to exercise. And then after exercise, and we usually did something after exercise to make up for the extra half an hour that they had. And then they went down to eat, mm-hmm. lunch. And she she knew how to get from the activity room down to the dining room. But she couldn't remember, but she couldn't remember from her room how to get get to the to the dining room but yet in trivia she She knew every every answer and any art class we had she was she was a um graphic designer in her younger years and she would draw stuff for the residents and i mean the minute she started drawing you knew exactly what she was drawing her passion was horses Mm.
0: that is a very that's very cool
1: so did she? Did she stay at Sedona Winds? She stayed at Sedona Winds for quite a long time, and then right before they built our assisted living building, she got to the point where her her daughter felt she wasn't safe here, so she moved to a place in Cottonwood.
0: Ah, uh, so to, to
1: better meet her needs, because because right. Sedona Winds is, and is and we didn't have our assisted living building wasn't ready at yeah. that but, time.
0: Gotcha. Thank goodness we have it now. Because I know that many residents from Sedona Winds Independent are move over to the assistant. Correct. But not everybody. Not everybody. Yeah. Many people stay here for a very long time until the end of their lives. Right. Um, So, so we've gone over what, what's vital for them. So, the activities that are important in your personal opinion, would you say that it's, that it contributes to
1: their longevity? Or to their happiness? I think both, their longevity and their happiness. I don't make anybody come to anything. I give them the choice. Um, But it makes it so they can have as much companionship as they want. Mm -hmm. Or just take it in small doses.
0: So I, I had a question about that that I'm going to move forward to, which is, the, the difference between um, activities in independent living and in assisted living. So are they, are they, I know that with memory care, activities are structured specifically to, to fit a certain model to assist those people with dementia and Alzheimer's to feel comfortable and, not, and, and um, have a rhythm and it, usually they need uh, activities that are quiet and methodical. But when it comes to independent versus assisted, since you've worked in both areas,
1: um, how do they differ? Do they really differ that much? They differ in a sense here in independent living, our residents are a little more able to remember and to come to things. Mm. I might tell them like an exercise, you know, go over what's going on for the day reminding them, you know, we're having a concert today, you know, it's at two o'clock or if a special event is coming. Um, In assisted living, they don't remember or a lot of the residents can't physically come on their own. So the few months that I worked at assisted living, what I would do is I would plan an activity, make sure I was there ahead of time. And I would go throughout the whole building, asking everybody if they wanted to go and bringing them downstairs. And at that time we did not have an activity director in memory care. So I would call down to memory care and say, okay, we're we're getting ready to do exercise. If you can gather whoever wants to come, I will meet them at the door and take them to exercise. And because I went and gathered all of them myself, it didn't have, leave a burden on the caregivers. So they were more willing to help me. So one caregiver would come in and like do like five, 10 minutes worth of current events with the residents that I had gathered from assisted living while well, I went down to memory care and gathered up the few people who would come from memory care. Because once you have memory care residents with you, somebody has to be in the room with them at all times because right. a lot of them, have the tendency to wander off. Right,
0: and that can be dangerous.
1: And that can be dangerous. So they were more than willing to help me because they knew that then I would, after the activity, I would take all the residents back, or if it was lunchtime, take them into the lunchroom, where it was less of a burden for them to bring people to activities. You're
0: like the Pied Piper of seniors. Yeah. to say whatever needs to be said and play whatever tune and they just follow you right that's really cool so so we know activities are super important and and you've done an amazing job i mean i've seen what you do um on a going towards more what it's been like for you would you share a few stories about what you've experienced in terms of watching residents decline in health and dealing with their deaths what is you know whatever you feel comfortable sharing because i know you've seen a lot and um you tell you know tell us like what like you can tell us what you've seen or what you've walked into whatever you feel comfortable would be uh, the things that have affected you
1: the most in this role that you've played for so long the ones that Um, the ones that stick the most in my mind are the ones more or less that we knew it was happening. And you, I mean, in aging, you can always see declining. Um, our oldest resident here is 104 years old. And you have a very special relationship. Right. And I mean, I've known her for the 31 years that I've been here. Um. I see her declining, and it bothers me, but she, she's doing the best that she can. And she's still, at 104, she still does she, remarkable.
0: Yeah, I mean, she can, I've seen her. She runs circles around some of the other residents right. who were in their
1: 70s. Right. Um, we had one resident here who had cancer. She beat it three times. Um, The last time, her death was very quick. Um, She got diagnosed with cancer. Um, Our executive director, Terry, put her on, or told her about hospice. She had no family. Um, Told her about hospice. She decided to go on hospice. The hospital bed came. The next day she was gone. Wow. Were you, were you with her? Was anyone with her when it happened? We were with her up until almost the end. We left the room and while we were gone, I think we were getting her a tray or something for dinner. She passed.
0: You know, and a lot of people who are in the arena like death doulas and hospice have, have said that people choose their time right and that many times they will wait for one person or for everyone to be out of the room even it can be their spouse or their child because they want to do their transition on their own yeah so how many people have you actually like like been with when they were dying or 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 when they died when they transitioned? three only three wow i would have thought it'd be a lot more
1: I've walked in and found people who've passed, who've passed away. Um, on one, for instance, um, we used to have a podiatrist that came here. We had a resident who was in a wheelchair. We took her up to get her toenails cut. We brought her back down. She sat on the couch. Um... She got a tray because her caregiver that was usually with her had a doctor's appointment. So the caregiver asked us to get her a tray. So we had gotten her a tray. The dining room brought it in, saw that she was sleeping, didn't wake her, went back out. Dinner rolled around. They came to bring another tray, noticed that her tray was gone. Or that her tray hadn't been touched. Oh, it hadn't been touched. Walked over to her and she was gone. Wow. Well, that um, just goes to show you, though, that people don't always go to assisted living. Right. And that, that was one of the things that made us, after that, decide that we needed to have, like, a buddy system for our residents. Or a system where we made sure that somebody saw them at least once during the day. Right, I know that that's one of the policies, it's no And winds. so it, yeah. it became a policy here. Um, when I was the dining room, it, it was actually when I was in the dining room. Um, as the dining room manager, it was my job to check off every resident. It wasn't the front desk job at that time. And if I didn't see somebody, I asked the front desk, or my, I myself called them on the phone, and, phys- and, and then if they didn't answer we physically went to their apartment and checked on them
0: that's one of the benefits you know when I in my position as the marketing consultant I remind people because part of the of our podcast the purpose of it is helping people to understand the difference you know between assisted and independent living memory care all that but also to bust the myths around it being all of it's just an old folks home people kind of group it all together yeah, I, and independent living, which has been your predominant um, <clears throat> area that you've been in, it's their home. It, they can have caregivers, they can have hospice. They're not necessarily going to leave, go someplace else for the end of their lives. Right. They can have the end of their lives in their home. And the benefit of being in an independent community like this is that there are eyes and ears always paying attention. Right. So for family members who have kids who live far away or estranged uh, family or they uh they, they they don't have any family at all the the staff becomes their family yes and i really see that with you it's like i see the way the residents are with you how they how they respond to you and how you are with them i mean it is there's definitely a professionalism in the sense of what the Your duties and responsibilities are and how you follow through compassion that i see in you and i see in other staff members here is the piece that working behind the scenes has been such a privilege and so enlightening for me as an adult child of a a resident having gone through this process with my father and and i had no clue I had no clue when he was living here what went into taking care of him like I didn't feel like he was being taken care of so to speak but he really was on so many levels and I I see that every day it's 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 an impressive thing and it's one of the things that in this podcast part of our, our purpose is to help people look for that and not to settle for anything less when they're looking for a retirement community they have to find a compassionate staff
1: If it it doesn't exist, don't go. If you don't feel it when you walk in the door, don't go. That's that's exactly how I feel that this place is. And like I tell the residents, they're my family. I mean, I I, other than my husband and one son, I don't have any family here. So they have become my family. They clearly have. So how would you then describe the emotional part of
0: your job? You know, in terms of, you know, what you do today and your history you know, some of the relationships that you've had over the years that have maybe affected you the most. Would you share
1: a couple of those? We had a resident here who. He and his wife were here. Um, they were missionaries to India hmm. throughout their whole adult life. I mean, I think they were in India for 30 years. They came here more or less. They had family. They had lots, quite a few kids but nothing else was available for a retirement home or a retirement center. Mm -hmm. Um, It was before Prescott, Cottonwood, Flagstaff had anything. They had family that lived in Flagstaff.
0: So Sedona Winds was like the first in
1: the area? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they moved here and they were wonderful. Um, She was an inspiration. She had double knee surgery and was back in exercise within two weeks. Wow. Um, She had a mastectomy and was back in exercise within a week. Um, Her husband came to exercise. He had a quirky sense of humor. Um, One day he walked into exercise and acted like he was having a stroke. (gasps) It was April Fool's Day. Oh my God. It was before cell phones and all of that. So I go running to the phone because we had a phone in the activity room to call the front desk to call 911. And he walks up to the mirror in the activity room and writes April Fools. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was ready to kill him. (laughs) And I told him that. So I went to the kitchen and found, or I had grabbed a fake spider. And I went in the kitchen and asked the dining room manager at that time if she'd put it in his soup. So she did. <laughs> that was that was my comeback to him. Well, he was on hospice for four years. He had heart problems. Wow, that's a long time to be on hospice. He was the first person I knew that had a titanium valve in his heart. Mm. And he always told me I got he was he was a farmer by trade. He said, well, I never knew a pig that lasted longer than six years. Cause that's usually what they give when they do a heart valve transplant is a pig valve. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and he said, I never knew a pig that lived over six years. So I opted for the titanium one. And, and they were both here until he died. Um, the weekends that he died, that Friday, um, I went to see him. He, they had the hospital bed and all of that in his room. And I asked him if there was anything I could do. And he said, give me a back rub so I, or shoulder rub. So I did. <clears throat> the next morning, um, he was still alive, told his wife he wanted to go to church on Sunday. She said, we'll see how you are. He was waiting for his son to come from Alaska. The, the day his son came from Alaska, which was that Sunday, right after he saw him, he passed away. He was waiting for his son, and that was real special okay. to me, thinking, you know, you lasted this long, and he held on. Hmm. Well,
0: So this relationship that you have now with... The, the resident who lives here who just turned 104 uh-huh. a couple of days ago. How did that, um, how did you end up becoming close to her? I
1: mean, I know you've known her forever. We just became friends. Um, then when I went into activities, she was actually our bingo caller She's, she, until a year ago when she had a stroke, a slight stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, She called bingo. She had been doing it for the last 30 years, twice a week. That's kind of how I got to know her better. And we just, we just clicked. Yeah,
0: that's, that's an amazing thing. I mean, her story and at the age that she is and she doesn't look it, she doesn't act it. Her demeanor, her, the way she speaks, her sarcasm sometimes her sense of humor I mean it's it's really impressive I mean my dad passed away at 85 and he did not have those faculties that she does at 104 and I I would give some of the credit to the staff here including you for her longevity Mm -hmm. because that's a big piece of, of like I said of what this podcast is about is helping people understand what aging successfully really looks like and what that means and being active you being an activities director being active is such a big part of that if you don't
1: use it you lose it right we had we had a resident who who did tai chi up until a year before she died and she made it to 101. that's impressive too. she was also the oldest resident or the oldest person to get a valve replacement she was 95 years old when she got a valve replacement Wow, and they did it just because she was in such good health. That's she was exciting. a dancer, um, and she she also she did tai chi. She was our aqua size teacher here for a while. Um, That's really cool. That is really cool. I and she always story. she always used to say, "Darling, you have to use it or you'll lose it." <laughs>
0: that's gonna be me that's totally good that's me now (laughs) I'm morphing into the calling people darling (laughs) I'm getting into that age where I can get away with it I think so I know that you've said the residents but what else is it if there is anything that motivates you to show up the way you do for the residents
1: what does it do for you it makes me feel good and I love my job Um, so it's been a joy for the last 30 years. There's parts of the dining room that I miss. Um, in the dining room, I saw every resident every day. In activities, I see the majority of the residents just because I make it a point to. But I don't actually see every resident every day.
0: Right. Because they don't all come and do the activities. Right. right. So <clears throat> what advice do you have then for anyone looking for retirement housing, whether it's a senior who's looking for themselves or a couple or a family member that's searching for the right community for their loved one what would be your advice to them
1: when they walk in the door for them to feel how the environment is i've always been told here we even had an efficiency expert here and the first thing he said to us the department heads was i get a different sense when i walk into this building He said, there's smiles on the faces of both staff and and the residents. He says, you've made it feel like a home. Great answer. That is, And that's what they, I mean, this is their home. Yeah. You know, anytime a resident asks practically any of the department heads or management staff or even the employees, if they can do something, we tell them, yes, this is your home. Right, you know, to a certain degree, but right within reason. Within reason, <laughs> right, you know. But if can I use a room? I want to have a special gathering with my family or with some friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Yeah, you well,
0: know, know, we. Ha- I know that one that one of our residents here at Sedona Winds, she, she, she behaves as as if the entire building is part of her home and she loves to water the plants, even though yep. the plants have been watered. <laughs> yep. And she comes around with her, her little um, uh, pitcher, watering all the plants right. and tending to them as if it's just this extension of her
1: apartment. Correct. And it's the most precious thing because she cares. Mm-hmm. It's her home. Yeah, she stops in my office if, my, if I'm in there. It says, do you know if any plants need to be watered? I said, no, there are, the plants in here are okay. <laughs> she, I do the same.
0: She's a sweetheart. So lastly, I would um, ask, you know, what would you say in all of your experience, if you can pick one thing, has made the biggest impact
1: in your life doing the work that you do? It was probably when I was at assisted living, we had a concert and I had the memory care residents out in assisted living, at least in Sedona Winds assisted living, most of their acti- or most of their concerts and stuff were in the dining room. And um, so we were having a musical program and I got a phone call. So I walked to the phone at the front desk, took the phone call, and the phone call was a friend of mine telling me that the chef we both had worked under at this Sedona winds had been in a car accident and had been killed instantly. Oh. So I'm at work trying not to be emotional. And it must have shown on my face because I do... I tried to compose myself and turned around to walk back. And one little lady from the Serenity unit next door came up to me and she said, Julie, you need a hug. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. And I mean, I I gave her a hug and just started crying. And I, I said to her, I'm sorry. And she said, something happened. I said, yeah. I said, but thank you for the hug.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a family and you've made it that way. And I just want to thank you really for joining us today. Thank you. And for sharing your experience and advice with our audience. It's so important.
1: My pleasure.
0: And I'm, I'm grateful to know you and understand the depth of what you do in your current role as activities director for Sedona winds and all of your experience throughout, and I've said it before and I will say it again. I think your experiences would make an amazing series on Netflix (laughs) or HBO and if I end up writing it you're going to be on the team because you have some stories that you. you you know weren't able to share here today but man they're amazing and it would enlighten the masses on the real lives of the of the aging population and retirement community for sure and what they've been through so you know you know their history their backstories and not to mention what it means to just have a caring and compassionate person like you and people like you surrounding those that are in such a delicate and vulnerable part of their lives. And we should all be so lucky to make it not only to their ages, but to be in an environment like this with people like you. So it truly was a pleasure today. Thank you.
1: My pleasure also.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, everybody. I hope you got some real value out of this conversation with Julie Robbins. This is your host, Linda D'Amita, wishing you longevity, laughter, love, and the ultimate wealth of health. Thank you so much for joining us today on Senior Living Arizona. Please share this podcast with friends and family and help seniors find the way to live life to the fullest. Help Senior Living Arizona increase our reach by taking a few moments to write a review. Senior Living Arizona is dedicated to bringing helpful tips that support aging successfully. Please reach out to us with topics you'd like us to cover. You can find us on social media at Senior Living Arizona and on the web at
1: www.slscommunities.com.